Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. There is a narrative now being promoted about Pope Francis, that his time on the throne of Peter is coming to a close. It's a dangerous narrative fueled by the ambitions of some hopeful would-be future popes and by the wishful thinking of those who really want to see pretty much anyone else imaginable on the throne of Peter. But there is some evidence for this, mostly in the behavior of the bishops themselves. I'll go over some of this likely tomorrow because this is a much bigger story that doesn't really seem like many people are talking about it. But we do have another case of a bishop ignoring the ban on preconciliar ordinations that some say do apply only exclusively to the bishops, meaning they're not supposed to use the preconciliar form of ordination regardless of what that promise that was made to the FSSP says. And the German Synod is, in a related story, causing some serious backlash for Francis. High-profile cardinals are now basically accusing Francis of being far too permissive of what they're doing, and they're demanding that he stop them from running rampant over the church. They are challenging him openly to do something about this. They might be waiting for a long time, given some of the things he said, given his endorsements of what their program is. But let's take a look at these stories today and frame them in the perception that Francis's time might be drawing to a close, because that is the prevailing narrative that is floating out there right now. Though, again, like most of these sort of like news narratives, I caution you from just assuming that it's true. But let's take a look at the question of the waning authority of Francis. But as we feel compelled to do from time to time, let's check in with Paca Papa Francis himself first, who tells us that he wants to, uh, get this, dialogue with those whom he disagrees with. I'm certain that the surviving dubia cardinals think that's great news and are trying to book a meeting with him after almost six years of waiting for a response to the dubia. And I'm sure that the typical Latin mass goer from your typical diocesan Latin mass who suddenly doesn't have one anymore or has to drive to the outskirts of the diocese to go to mass when they didn't have to do that before are also trying to book a meeting with him because obviously this applies to us, right? Anyway, this comes from Gloria TV, quote, encounter means being open to others and accepting differences as part of a respectful dialogue, Francis told the Kamenuf community during a May 16th audience. For Christians, fraternal encounters are, especially with people who disagree with us, Francis pontificated, calling for unconditional acceptance and respect. End quote. That really is good news, and I hope that Archbishop Roach is paying attention because that means he's out of a job and that Traditionus Casotis will be thrown into the trash heap, or it means that Francis is all nice words and harsh action against those whom he actually disagrees with inside the church and that he's only really applying this stuff to those outside. The context of that statement is more of his modernist nonsense about the need for a counter, dialogue, and walking together with those who don't share the faith of Christ or who are not the members of the church Christ founded on the rock of Peter. And it is statements like that that really reveal Francis's thinking when compared to his actions, which drown out his words. But it appears that even those whom Francis himself approves of aren't really listening to him anymore. His personally and recently appointed bishops, who are expected to carry on his work long after he's gone, have tuned him out on his most divisive act to date, Traditionus Custodis. From Gloria TV, we get this headline. Dead letter. 
Not even Francis followers follow Traditionis Custodis. It seems that a Francis bishop has been ordaining priests using the traditional Roman rite of ordination, which according to Traditionis Custodis is no longer in effect. And I'll get to some of the debate about that here in a second. From the article, quote, Lily Archbishop Laurent Ulrich, age 70, whom Francis appointed in April to Paris, has confirmed Roman rite confirmations to 55 confirmands. The glorious celebration took place May 14th in Lily St. Etienne Church. Ulrich was assisted by a priest of the Institute of Christ the King, sovereign priest. Francis's infamous Traditionis Custodis forbids celebrating confirmation according to the venerable Roman rite. It comes as a surprise that even prelates like Ulrich, who are considered close to Francis, interpret Traditionis Custodis with pastoral sensitivity, end quote. Now, where this article stumbles is this. The writer doesn't bother to mention that the FSSP handwritten decree that protects their right to say the apostolic mass and not be subject to traditionis custodis is thought by church scholars to apply to all the former Ecclesia Dei groups, which includes the Institute of Christ the King's sovereign priest. But traditionis custodis is mostly a directive to the bishops, prohibiting them from taking certain actions, including performing traditional ordinations and confirmations rather explicitly. Does that mean a bishop cannot do these for the FSSP, or in this case, the Institute of Christ the King, sovereign priest, using the old form? Does that bar him from doing so? That is a point of debate in the post-traditionist custodist landscape. The author of that piece certainly doesn't think that the uh, archbishop is supposed to be doing this. Combined with the ordination of Father Alswin Reed that I reported on last week, alongside the other quasi-secret ordinations, using the traditional form of ordination, and you see a fair number of bishops at least defying the spirit of Francis's demonic decree in Traditionis Custodis. That's a fine thing any way you cut it. If you've never seen a traditional confirmation, it is absolutely beautiful. I suggest you go to a mass where this is happening, and it should be happening this time of year. So keep your eyes out for an announcement at your local or quasi-local traditional parish. But Francis's authority is waning. But that's because virtually everyone is looking past his papacy and towards the next one, and that might be a mistake. Many of you will remember how in the last decade or so of John Paul II's papacy, the media began publishing articles annually asking who the next pope would be if John Paul II's papacy was over and that kind of thing. We've entered that phase of Francis's reign, and so bear in mind that Francis will probably be with us for longer than most people are expecting. But nonetheless, it is obvious that many bishops are not paying him as much heed anymore as they had been before Traditionis Custodis. And it gets especially obvious with articles like this one, published in the modernist outlet LaCroix, who asks a basic question with this headline, who comes after Francis? Although the current Pope is still forging ahead with an ambitious itinerary of liturgies, meetings, and even foreign travel, it is undoubtedly the final stage of his pontificate. And that's an interesting assumption. Francis could actually hang on for another decade, and it does not look like most have accepted that. But the question is important. Who comes after Francis? And this is something I'll go into in more detail in the coming days, probably tomorrow, unless a huge story breaks that pushes that back. But for our present topic, this part of the story is most relevant. There is a widespread perception in Rome that Francis's reign is practically over. Quote, Pope Francis has not slackened his pace despite recently being forced to use a wheelchair because of a problem with one of his knees. And the 85-year-old Pope may be overweight and less mobile than when he was elevated to the position of bishop in Rome in March 2013, but his mind appears to be nimble as ever. Nonetheless, 
age and physical disabilities are beginning to take their toll. At the end of October, he will surpass Benedict XVI as the oldest pope in office since 1903, when Leo XIII died nearly five months beyond the age of 93. No matter how long Francis's pontificate stretches on, there is no denying that it is in its final stage, end quote. I think people can deny that it's in its final stage because none of us actually has a crystal ball and can see into the future with, about these things. But Francis will be the oldest pope on the papal throne when November arrives, at least since Leo XIII died 120 years ago. That's not an insignificant thing to note, and it is worth pondering in light of a basic question. Are the bishops tuning Francis out? They might be because if they think that he is in the end stage of his papacy. If so, that might be a dangerous move for them to be making, since Francis is rather vindictive and does not take disrespect well at all. But if he is being tuned out, it may be because of his handling of the German synod, which is beginning to bear its own dark fruit, like this one, for example. Headline from Catholic News Agency, Senior German Priest Leaves Catholic Church. Typically, when a priest leaves the faith, it's not exactly big news, except locally. So why is this one such big news? Because of the scandal left in the priest's wake. From the story, quote, a senior German priest has announced that he is no longer Catholic, citing his disappointment over a lack of, quote, reforms in the church and admitting to having broken his promise of celibacy. Andreas Sturm, the former vicar general of the Diocese of Speyer in southwestern Germany, made the announcement on May 13th, note that date, reported to CNN Deutsch, CNN's German, CNA's German language news partner. Sturm, who is joining Germany's old Catholic community, said that he had, quote, lost hope and confidence over the years that the Roman Catholic Church can truly transform itself. At the same time, I experienced much hope is placed in ongoing processes such as the Synodal Way, but I'm no longer in a position to also proclaim and honestly and sincerely share that hope because I simply don't have it anymore, end quote. The former priest and now member of an extreme modernist schismatic group decided to do this on the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, which is pretty revealing by itself, but his reasoning is also revealing. He thinks the church's limits on who we ordained are unjust and should be expanded to include everyone the world wants the church to ordain. He demands that the church accepts the secular world's norms on the uh, <clears throat> James Martin topic, a changing of the morality around marital activities, and that the church should be governed by the laity. In other words, he wants the church to finish the job of apostasy and become just another withering liberal Protestant denomination. The German Synod is pushing this exact program, with Francis largely silent about it, save for his words endorsing the Synod and its goals a few months ago. But now this former priest has a more realistic read of things, at least in one respect. The church won't accept these moves by the Germans, and neither will Francis, who, as I have said repeatedly, will issue a radical document in response to all of this once the Synod is over at the end of 2023, and it will be more moderate appearing than what the Germans are proposing while pushing their issues closer to being fully accomplished. That is what is coming. And I say that because that is what has happened with all of his other synods. Just go look at the documents that came after the Synod on the Youth, or the Amazon Synod, or after the Synod of the Family, or any other ones of those you care to name. Cardinal Burke spoke out recently against the German Synodal Way. This is another case of the German Synod being described in a way that really applies to the entire church-wide synodal process. Again, from Gloria TV, quote, For Burke, the German Synod tries to accommodate the church's teaching to a godless worldview. What they are saying is heretical. The German teaching on the James Martin topic opposes the Bible and the Catholic faith, he says. 
The German bishops are encouraging the faithful to abandon the church. Burke tells Francis to call on them to renounce their heresies and to sanction them if they refuse, so that the faithful know that these bishops are not leading them in the Catholic faith, but in some kind of other teaching. Burke sees in Germany a repeat of Martin Luther that will create another denomination replacing the Catholic faith. He warns that never before there has been a greater confusion in the church. This confusion is caused by those called to be the teachers of the faith and shepherds of the flock, end quote. And that is accurate. But the German bishops are not the only ones advocating this. Pretty much in every country in the world, there are bishops and influential laity pushing this same program. Burke's assessment applies to the whole church, which then begs the question that we started this with. Are the bishops ignoring Francis? And I say this because Francis has said things both supporting this program of theirs to make the church into a liberal Protestant group, and has also said things in opposition to many of these goals. Work talk is cheap, unfortunately. But this is something I'll look into more in the coming days for you, because many in the church are obviously preparing for the next pope, though they may be doing so prematurely. But what did you think of these stories today? Do they point to a waning papacy for Francis, like that LaCroix article suggests? Or is something else going on that everyone is missing, including me? Let me know in the comments, please. What did you think of Burke's demand that Francis act? How about that German priest who left the faith because he wanted basically the church to become fully secularized? Are the German bishops and their actions really something that reflect bigger movements across the universal church? I think they are, but I'm wondering if you think so too. Let me know in the comments, please, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.